Hello. Hi. Hi. Caribbean Today is happy to introduce Dr. Daniel Bowen, a recent graduate from the Anway Medical University in China and also the valedictorian of the class of 2023. Dr. Bowen didn't learn to read until the age of 10, but this did not deter him from pursuing his education. In this interview, we hope to give more insight into his unique journey into medicine and how he intends to impact his community back home in Jamaica. Hello, Dr. Bowen. Hi, how are you doing? Great. Thank you so for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. Okay, now, can you share with us a little bit about your background and how you were able to go from being unable to read at age 10 to pursuing a medical education? Wow, that's a long, long story. However, let's start around uh, primary school time. I went to Askanesh All Age. That was uh, in the next community that I grew up in, which is Chemerspen. Um, so the, that other community, Askanesh All Age, I went there for primary school about seven years. And during that time, it was mostly about fun mostly about having friends, not really about school. But it came to a point where uh, I knew that if I didn't work hard, uh, my outcome in the future wouldn't change. Uh, my mother also allowed me to repeat grade five when I was about uh, 10, around that age. And so I was very distraught and I wanted to prove to the other batch of younger students that, yeah, I'm brighter than you, I'm better than you. As a little child, that's how I thought of myself. But I didn't feel that sense of success or the ability to pursue success because it wasn't around me. There were no doctors, no lawyers. I didn't see, they were mostly teachers, however, that wasn't something I aspired to be. Maybe it was due to the lack of motivation or the presence of people who could show me what I could become. And yeah, I graduated as initial age and went to Cornwall College, that's an all boys school in Montego Bay, Jamaica, St. James, where I spent also seven years, five years uh, during the normal grade seven to 11, and then two years of uh, sixth form. During Cornwall, that was when I found the liking for the sciences and I aspired to be a doctor, mostly because of my mother's situation. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, but she has CKD, chronic kidney disease. Immediately as I went to high school, I found out, and it was heavy emotionally on us as a family and even financially. And so going through high school, the thought of me not being able to help her had an impact on my decision, wanting to be a doctor in the future. So I got the opportunity to apply to Anhui Medical University due to other students who went the year before from my school. And so I knew a little about it, but knowing it was a different country, different culture, different language, it was a, a scary route to choose. However, I made that decision to go there. Yeah. 
Great, great. Okay. Well, you spent six years in China at yeah. the Hanway Medical University. Now, uh, what is the specific title associated with your program, you would say? What your what goes on the end of your name? Okay. So it's a MBBS program, rather a Bachelor's of Medicine, Bachelor's of Surgery program. So at the end of my name would be a MBBS, similar to what uh, UE or other five-year programs of medicine would study. So it's not an MD, but very similar to such. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you speak Chinese fluently? It's not Chinese. Is it Mandarin? <laughs> it's Chinese, but Mandarin is a dialect. It's the major, or would I say the standard Chinese in mainland China. And so I don't think I speak it fluently. However, I can help myself in situations um, if I'm able to converse with someone on the street or at the hospital to see a patient, then yeah, I can do that. However, I won't say I'm like, I won't get any mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did you intern? Did you do an intern in there? Yeah, I did internship the last year, which is the sixth year of school and medical university. So we had to do one full year, no break. Uh, <laughs> we could decide to come back in Jamaica or whichever country we were from to do our internship, but I chose to do it in China because I think I wanted to learn more about their health system and to see how international people and people of different backgrounds view the system and how we can at least see some similarities, make a change or accept some of our own, do research on that sort. So what were your challenges? What were your challenges as a black man, <laughs> a foreign student actually, but more or less a black youth from young medical, man, I should say, from Jamaica? <laughs> right. Medical school for one is stressful no matter where you go. And the pressure is there to always study, do your work. And being Jamaican especially, I had, uh, a mandate to make my country proud. Mm -hmm. A mandate that I gave to myself to be the best that I could be, uh, regardless of the situations that I was placed in. Being in China as a Black person comes with a lot of challenges due to mostly ignorance. However, I found that the majority of Chinese people are very kind, very friendly, oh. and they will help you in situations whenever you feel uh, you can't get through, or there could be the language barrier, of course, Chinese, which is very okay. difficult for some foreigners. So usually in China, they'll associate any person of African, well, African descent or Black, as they see the color, they think you're an African, regardless <laughs> of where you're from. Where you're from. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Chinese word for African is Feijoren. So they'll just randomly say Feijoren. It may be shocking, shocking to you for, for example, if you're just walking down the street, a bunch of cameras would be in your face. People, really? Uh, yeah, they're not that familiar with Black people. Some cities. The so they take pictures? <laughs> without your permission, put your hair, uh, do all sort of stuff, but mostly out of curiosity. 
to okay. see what you're like. And because Anhui is currently, it's like a developing city or province rather in, in China. Unlike Shanghai or Beijing, the popular cities where more foreigners are. And so people won't be as, as curious at those places. Curious when they see it. Okay. <laughs> so um, you received your medical education during the height of COVID-19. What was it like over mm -hmm. there during that time? To be honest, I don't know how I survived that. During COVID, I, I initially going to China, there was no COVID. I went in 2017. And so mm -hmm. I at least had the opportunity to see what China was like before, um, before every control and the regulations were set in and stuff. So when it started in 2020, when I first heard about it, it was almost like a rumor. Nobody wanted to talk about it, but then it got very serious where school had to enclose, they literally uh, nailed fences around the school so that no one would go out. So yeah. a self-imposed quarantine. Mm -hmm. uh, and then classes were shifted from face-to-face -to, -face to being online. So mm -hmm. we had to do exams online, classes online, and the teachers, I know, some of them, their English is good. However, we had mostly Chinese teachers, right? Chinese teachers, however, not all of them could speak perfect English. And so there was some difficulty learning, but we figured out a way to do it in mm -hmm. in in China. And so I think during that time, it was very challenging okay. because also because sometimes the food was lacking. Uh, we mm. weren't able to go out to the banks. We had to get permission to leave the, the campus. Worse, if you wanted to travel to a different city, you couldn't leave of your own free will. The mm. government put and like, how would I say this? A quarantine on several cities during time. Mm. So nothing at all could enter the city. No new, like if you wanted right. water, food products okay. and all that stuff. It was very difficult. And so I think during that time, it was very challenging, but we pulled through. What you pulled through, right? Oh, yeah. I can imagine what was happening over there during that time. Mm. Now, what, so what is the food like? I mean, did, did you get any no Jamaican food at all, right? <laughs> so China, Chinese cuisine is very diverse. There are a lot of Chinese people. And so whether you go north, south, or the different cities, they have their own unique style of cooking. In Anhui, there is a famous style of cooking called Hui Chai, or Hui food. Essentially, <laughs> it's... Um, a lot of, have you ever had, let me ask you, have you ever had something called chou gui yu? It's a fish. It's like, it's like a smelly fish. It's so bad, <laughs> but it's yeah. very delicious. It's originally from Anhui province. It's a part of Hui Tai. And so during my stay in China, I got to taste different cities, uh, their food, their specialties. And yes, we had Jamaican food there. My, okay, really? <laughs> yeah, my my university actually had, I think, half of the students, or even more, half of that would be Jamaican students. So a lot of Jamaican students are there. I think really? it's the most popular uh, place for Jamaican students in China today. 
Okay. Outside of Beijing, maybe. Anhui. Yeah. Anhui. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Jamaicans are there, mostly students, but we get to have our own community in a sense. We have mm-hmm. an online group where we can buy, you know, the stuff from Jamaica. We can oh. order anything we want. Yeah. So it was very feasible. It wasn't almost um it wasn't hard <laughs> in itself. Yeah. That's course, interesting. Okay. Original Jamaican food, but it it, it did its job. It's really it, it, yeah, it helped. Okay. Now you I was under the impression that you studied traditional Chinese medicine. Oh, okay. right. And you said mm-hmm. that your uh your specialty was my specialty is clinical medicine and surgery. And clinical yeah. medicine surgery. Okay. Right. Now that's great. Have you start done any surgeries at all yet? Well, during our study in we're able to go into the operating room and observe and do surgery. Okay, I was gonna do my postgraduate studies also in China. However, I decided to come back in in come back to Jamaica. That's a long story. But if I were to have done that, that would give me the opportunity to do a surgery of my own and be under the teacher there. Yeah. So, okay. So um, you took a course in traditional Chinese medicine, right? Right. Uh, what areas of Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, did you learn about? Okay. So I'm, I'm just curious about a few medicine. things. <laughs> so we learned from the actual people who practice traditional Chinese medicine in China, in Anhui province. Almost the, the, on a general level, the majority of what Chinese medicine entails. For example, acupuncture, moxibustion, mm-hmm. using herbs, uh, root bark, or even animals, snakes to do. Really? Um, yeah, they, it's, it's very serious. And they <laughs> actually work. Yeah. And so I had the opportunity this year, I think in, to visit Bojol. It's a city close to Anhui province, city close to Hefei city. Um, there we have the largest production facility of Chinese medicine in the world. Oh. And so we were able to see all sorts of, of food stuff, of herbs, of grains, of all the different kinds of um, and things snakes. that they have <laughs> Yeah. Snake skins, I thought. <laughs> the idea of the snake oil is probably true, right? <laughs> okay. Um, you know, w- when I say I was curious, right? Did you mm-hmm. see any similarities between, um, you know, the bush, the bush medicine that we might use in Jamaica, you know, in comparison to what they use there? Um, I think it's very similar. Very similar. The thing about Jamaican herb is that if it was in China, they'd be using it too, I guess. And <laughs> in Jamaica, it's rather limited to plant life. Yeah. To what I know, I don't know much about Jamaican herbal medicine. But in China, I know that they use whatever they can in nature. They can find in nature to um, help um, 
a person feel better holistically. So okay. it's not just about looking at a symptom and say, yes, this is your problem. We want to find the entire by looking at you, observing you, what's the problem? And so I think the only issue I have with Chinese medicine is the lack of study in most of the, the, the plant life, the herbs that they use, unlike um, Western medicine as we know it. Now, um, we read that you are planning to pursue orthopedic surgery. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? <laughs> So initially, after graduating this year, I wanted to do orthopedic surgery. However, I made the decision to come back to Jamaica and do internship here instead. If I were to have done orthopedic surgery, I would have still been in China for three more years. Okay. But looking at the political climate and even missing home, yeah. I wanted to be back in Jamaica. I was there for six full years without any time for family. So I really wanted to come back. Did you ever travel back to Jamaica between the in no, during I, that time? I didn't, no. I didn't. It was, <gasps> it was oh a long trip gosh. and the money was too much. So oh. I just stayed there for the full six years. I want to ask you what advice would you give to young aspiring Jamaicans, right? That may want to follow in your footsteps. Mm -hmm. And what advice would you give them, you know, as far as staying focused on their education and okay. trying to um, see their dreams? <laughs> I definitely, definitely believe that if you want to pursue medicine, think about it before you make that decision. <laughs> Every day of medical school, I question if this is what I really wanted. Oh. And it should, it should not be a hasty decision because it will impact your life some way or another. And if that's the decision you want to make, go right ahead and do it. It's fulfilling because of the joy and the health that you can give to your patient. And to see someone, well, that's the best feeling ever. And whoever you are, whatever situation you are in, there is always hope. There is always some means. You're definitely an inspiration. I didn't have the opportunity. I didn't have the money. After mm -hmm. I left uh, Cornwall, I had to work for a year. I didn't have the money to travel to China to do um, medicine. But luckily, I was able to get a scholarship from my friends. And they pushed me. Kingsley mm -hmm. and Dan Malcolm, I must say their names. They were the ones <laughs> who funded majority of my fees while I was in China. They saw my story online and was willing to help this poor boy from Chambers Bend who nice. they didn't know, but were willing to see some potential in me to be a good doctor in the future. And so I'm proud that they were able to choose me as, as their own. And oh. being that I was in China for six years, let me know that if I could do it, you could do it. You can do it too. Oh, yes. Wherever you are, if you're a little boy from a ghetto community, <laughs> you can make something of your life. You are definitely a role model. Such an inspiration to, you know, young Thank people. You. Yeah, And I'm proud of you. Thank you very much. It was very nice talking with you and getting Thank to you. know you and um, understanding your journey.
And I look forward to hearing more about you in the future, you know, as you continue um, your studies, your endeavors. So thank you, Dr. Bowen. Hope to meet with you again real soon, okay? Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Pleasure. Bye-bye.